This is Financial Practice Made Perfect, presented by Independent Financial Brokers of Canada. I'm Rashid Clark. In our last episode, we spoke with Dan Hostick, a business coach and president of Hostick Consulting Services Incorporated. We looked at how financial advisors can pick out their key strengths and what steps they can take to analyze their practice and identify areas for improvement. We're going to carry on the conversation with Dan and shift our attention to setting goals and staying motivated. So Dan, now when we talk about setting goals, whether it's setting sales targets for a quarter or larger goals for how a business is going to operate overall, now how does that goal setting help an advisor? Well, there's, okay, now we're into motivational theory. Because goal setting really is, is, is one of the, is, is the process for, for, for determining your success. If you don't have goals, you don't have them. You don't know where you're going, so you kind of wander around aimlessly. And typical advisors, by the way, don't have a very good handle on expenses. They don't have very good uh, handle on uh, synergy of what their practice is and their capacity of how much work they're able to do or willing to do and can do with all the demands the practice has. So sorting through those things really is part of what goal setting is all about. In other words, and, and the other thing that with with practices, financial practices, typically they're small. Uh, some are one person shops or one or two or three people shops. And so you can't separate your personal life from your business life. So when I do goal setting with people, part of my process, the four-step process I talked to you about, the four-step process really in the planning stage means that you've got to be able to integrate your personal life with your business life because just because they're so closely knit. Uh, if you work for a big company, uh, you work for IFB, they tell you get to work at 8 o'clock and work till 5 and do this job. Well, with an advisor, you get to work at 8 o'clock and attend and go to the shoe shiner's haircut. Nobody's ever going to tell them not to do that. So planning becomes an important part of the structure. And then, then you've got to manage staff and you've got to integrate your staff with you and what you're doing or a partner or some of that other stuff. But the theory that we're talking about, motivational theory of planning, is pull and push. So we've got two, the first thing is we've got to integrate your personal plans with your business plans and we've got to make them three-layer. Number one is short-term. We've got to get some feedback that works, some some rewards in a short-term to keep it going. Then the medium-term or three months from now, I've got to have some things and some goals and some direction to where I'm going. And then I want to have a one-year, two-year, three-year plan. We used to talk about five-year plans with people, and we still talk about long-term pictures. But the problem with the changing nature of our business and the world and the changing nature of the way the world is operating today, the speed of change, it's very difficult to look too far into the future because you you can set a plan that you'll need to adjust too many times. And that's the other thing. You really do need to make an adjustment with those things. So going back then, the, the other part of this planning thing is that you need push and pull. Motivational theory requires both. So the push part of that is setting effective numbers. So the number crunching of the business is important. The second part is pull. And pull is the motivational theory, the things that you want out of life. In other words, I want a new home. I want to go on a vacation. I want to send my kids to university. I want to have a cottage. All that kind of stuff is pull, and that really keeps you going. That's what goal setting is all about. And the push part is actually the mechanics of getting to where you need to go. So uh, how does it help with an advisor? If you don't have goals, you wander aimlessly. With goals, and the people that I work with, they always look back to the goal setting process that they, that they did and what goals they set a month ago, a week ago, a year ago, and two years ago, and said, holy cow, they actually happened. Because when you set goals and you commit to them, it's funny how things do work out. Now, you mentioned the push and pull motivators. Are there any other motivating elements that would keep an advisor going, especially considering that they are in a sales job where there might be a lot of rejection, potentially lots of setbacks? 
let's talk about what it means to have those goals that I just talked about, because this is where your question is taking it. In other words, that if you have numbers and you measure your numbers, you know that you know that you're not going to, you know, be 100% on every number that you've got, every objective you've got. You're going to be there's going to be some kind of a uh, success rate that you that you deal with. So uh, look at a baseball player. You know, somebody get it back 400. They're a super, absolute superstar. I'm not sure if anybody has a career 400 batting average, but let's say that they do or they don't. That means there's still 600% default rate, so 60% rather. So that 40% of the time they did what they're supposed to do, and 60 they couldn't do it. And in our business, it's absolutely critical. I think we've lost this as an industry where people don't really measure what they do very well. So we're not really sure what our success rate is and what we do. So expecting a better success rate than the market's going to give you is something that's, you know, that just doesn't make sense. We can always improve our success rate by using certain structures and implement certain techniques to try to do that, you know, call reluctance and a few other, you know, strategies that we have. But the most important part of that is that overcoming our overcoming our, our weaknesses, overcoming our our performance uh, deficiencies, really uh, can only go so far because it's it's just part of the way it, it it happens when you structure how you do your job. So what can we do to overcome, or what can we do to to sort of look at these numerous setbacks? Number one is to build a structure which builds in for setbacks. It's actually it's actually a system which says we're going to have setbacks, we're going to have some lapses, we're going to have some people say that we don't want to be your customer anymore. We're going to have people not buying. We're going to have all kinds of things. So if we build a system which builds the builds the default rate into the system, and you know to expect that, and you set your goals accordingly, then you can stay on track. If you do this in such a way that you're not getting good feedback, and that the four-step process is really important here because people forget about the validate part. Validation is really simply how am I making out based on what I how how are things going based on what I thought they were going to go like and how are they actually going? So then we say, all right. So my expectation is that when I see ten people this week, three of them are going to buy, and it turns out that two buy or eight buy. So you know that's uh, the eight out of ten may be way out of line for what you normally get, and the two may be very low. But if we validate by saying over the period of three months or six months or a year, those numbers are all going to work out, then that helps you understand the volatility of the business. The other part of that is the volatility of our business also for part of our income, not all of our income, creates volatility when we make new commissions and new sales. So how do we manage that new income and new sales revenue and what do we do with it? It's a very important part and setting a structure up which manages that, which we tend not to do when we're either one, two, or three-person shops. We tend to be more, I get a check and I spend it kind of kind of a mentality. So that's the stuff that you can do to help advisors understand that it's a volatile business, there are setbacks, and how do I keep motivated, keep going, because I know what my numbers are, and I validate my numbers all the time, and I know at the end of the year this is what's going to happen. To find out more about Dan Hostick's business coaching and consulting, visit advisor21.ca. And you can find plenty of other resources for independent advisors on our website, ifbc.ca. Catch up with past episodes of Financial Practice Made Perfect on iTunes or online at ifbc.ca slash podcasts. I'm Rashid Clark. Thanks for listening.